Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined as always by G. Hey Wiley, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker, G. Hey Wiley. How are we doing on this beautiful day? Well, I'm just glad to have you back, man. Well, it's good. It's good to be back. It's been a minute. Um, had a good time in Hawaii. It is. I will say this. I think Los Angeles is the best sports viewing city in terms of timing wise. Here's the problem with Hawaii. I did like the 3 p.m. start for the finals. The 7 a.m. kickoff on a football Sunday when you've gone out the night before. I can't get with that. So the 10 a.m. kickoff here, I still love that. So I will still uh, rep Los Angeles as the best sports viewing city. But Hawaii was pretty good. I will I will say this. How do you not have a good time in Hawaii? No, you, you can't. Can. You can. But, <laughs> but like in terms of like, you know, like what I um, how is it in terms of consuming sports? I mean, and I don't mind the 3 p.m. tip, but some people think that's a little bit too early. You know, six, I think, is perfect. Yeah. Nine's too late. Yeah. So I will always say Los Angeles, in terms of being able to consume all these sports events, is the best. My one year that I lived in New York, and you can touch on this, Jihei, because you lived back east. You know, uh, so 7.30 p.m. tip here is 10.30 in New York. That's just yeah. way too late. I actually love it because I am a night person. I, I hate the morning. Like, any time where, like, 2 in the morning's fine, but, like, 9, 9 a.m., 10 a.m., ugh. It's brutal for me. So I love that, you know, eight, nine o'clock prime time, that uh, little block yeah. that they have on the East Coast. I remember going back for my birthday and watching the Giants get annihilated for Sunday Night Football. But I just sat at a bar, was able to enjoy myself and able to watch a game. And all of a sudden, it's like 11, 12 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is great. Because like, yeah. I can still drink. I'm still okay. And then the next day, by the way, you have college football and the day before, and then you have pro, and you can still sleep in because you have a 1 o'clock tip-off time on the East Coast. Yeah. So that's what's so great about East Coast time. But other than that, yeah, I feel you. It's kind of nice to get an early start. And Jake, what's that like for you? The adjustment, Los Angeles sports fan living in Wisconsin now. I was about to, I was about to say I was going to add the noon kickoff for ah, Sunday football. You like that. It's nice, I isn't it? I love. Yeah. Because <laughs> Better than 9 a.m. I don't yeah. have to wake about. I don't have to worry about uh, sleeping through my alarm and not setting my fantasy yeah. lineups. I don't have to worry about sleeping through the. Hey, speaking court. of that, speaking of that, when when the NBA finals are over, you know, with fantasy files and everything, I'm going to get going on that. We're going to have some fantasy football talk on the show. Too. I mean, we should definitely get a league going for, for oh, the for Arash sure. Markazi show. That goes without great. saying. And by the way, you know what? We're going to have the uh, draft, the fantasy football draft. We'll be at Circa in Las Vegas. They they just said that they're um, listen. If you guys want to have a fantasy football draft, so the funny thing you should mention that G will will. Have have to figure out when is the best time. I'd love that. Yeah, probably yeah. in August. 
Yeah. Right? It'd have to be in August, right? Let's to uh, yeah. plan that. But yeah. uh, speaking yeah, yeah, yeah. of Circa, speaking of a lot happening in sports, let's get to uh, today's headlines brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details. Hit it, Jihei. Well, the Golden State Warriors look to clinch the NBA championship tomorrow over the Boston Celtics in Game 6 of the NBA Finals. The Celtics are 28-13 and 13 on their home court and are favored by four points at Circus Sports. Do you guys think we get a Game 7 back in San Francisco? I don't. I do think that this series is over. I do think that the momentum, listen, I mean, I think that, that it shifted big time Game 5. Um... Listen, I would love to have a Game 7. There's nothing like a Game 7, whether it's the World Series, whether it's the Stanley Cup, whether it's the um, NBA Finals. That would be fantastic. I do hope we do get a Game 7. I do think we have an amazing performance by Steph Curry. I think Klay Thompson comes out. I think Draymond, the old trio, comes out big. I like the Warriors to clinch it. Four points! Brandon, are you surprised by that? Four points spread? Um, not surprised. I think, I mean, as long as Scott Foster isn't officiating right. this game, the, <laughs> the Warriors, extender. the, extender, yeah, the extender himself, 13 and 0 now the Celtics are, I mean, I would be surprised if Scott Foster isn't announced, isn't a referee in this game because, uh, Adam Silver is going to want to extend the series. Yeah. The NBA loves game sevens, you know, especially the NBA probably wants the Warriors to win. It's good to have like a comeback story and they want them to do it at home. So I, I would be surprised if they don't send Scott Foster to kind of wiggle his, you know, uh, do his magic, like magic hands. I mean, like, no, it is Scott getting, Foster's it music. is getting, it is getting like kind of fixed a little bit. I hate to say it. I mean, some calls like, yeah, I hate, I, look, I hate the Celtics. You know that, of but course. last game, like the Celtics got almost no calls compared to the Warriors. Mm. I'm not going to deny that. Like, I love to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, screw the Celtics. But is if Scott Foster isn't officiating next game, the Warriors will win. Clay is going to go off. It's game six, Clay. And Steph Curry, if you saw the look on his face after last game, he's going to have 40 points. Yeah. And they should close it out as long as Scott Foster isn't the referee. And, and the, the way, the league should not put Scott Foster just because of this, unless they are totally tone deaf. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, by the way, Scott Foster should not be officiating the Celtics, and no, no Chris Paul. <laughs> he just looks like he's from Boston. He does look like he's from. Boston. He looks like he's from Boston. You know, he looks like he's Bill Simmons' cousin. I wouldn't trust that guy to ref that series. Yeah. Um, I think Scott Foster will probably be on the game because he is Amazing. the ultimate extender. But I don't, I don't know if we're right on the Scott Foster third Celtic stat because I'm fairly certain that he refereed Game One of the Eastern Conference uh, Finals we'll and Milwaukee won that game. Yeah. So I don't know if we're right on. But I did see the stat many times. Um, but I think, I think we're gonna get a Game Seven. I think. You know, the atmosphere in that arena and in the garden is going to be insane. I don't think the Warriors are going to be able to hear themselves think while they have the ball. Um, it just seems like the series has been so close. But I mean, then again, the Warriors just won a game where Steph Curry was 0 of 9 from beyond the arc. Um, and they got, you know, Celtics didn't get very many calls in that game. But, you know, we'll see what game six looks like. Game six clay is definitely a thing. Um, we'll see what he does there. He could def I mean, if him and Steph are firing on all cylinders, I don't think there's a team in the league that can beat them when they're shooting their best. Um, but I do think that the series has been so good that I think that we're going to get a game seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Tigger on this one. I like, I already said it initially. Celtics in seven. Yeah. Celtics right. are not winning the series. I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't, they're not winning the series. Quick question. If the Celtics do win 
Well, I, I just want you to eat your words. I, I just want you to eat your words and like so what's the wager, G? I don't know yet, but I'll, I'll think I'll you think about it. Oh, no, oh, heck no. I, if the I Celtics do. No, it's possible. I just don't think it's happening. If the Celtics win the series, G. Hey gets your fantasy football second round pick. <laughs> no, heck no. That'll be like Debo Samuel. I'm not trying that, man. <laughs> Debo Samuel shot. The second I'm going to do Cooper Cup first round, Debo Samuel second round. Screw running backs. No, but go. But G. Hey, I look. The Warriors defense has been elite the past two games. It's been better than the Celtics last two games. If that continues, there's a 0% chance that the Boston Celtics will win this series. Do you also realize that they're uh, like defensively they have that home court advantage is ridiculous because Draymond no offense to Draymond and he's still a great defensive player. I'm not cut, you know, not saying anything bad about him as far as a player is concerned, but mind-wise, he's weak. He is weak. Oh, I, so I disagree 100%. I think he is, no, I think he is weak because if he played the way that he played, what was that, game three? And he can, like, only have two points or whatever because of this crowd. Like, you need to step step up your game. You're supposed to be the vet. He said he was he soft. Had, he admitted it. No, and that's fine. But I don't think he's mentally weak. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's going to be a four-time champion. I just, I disagree. He's a four-time champ because he has a lot of other people. Um, oh, I absolutely <laughs> disagree with that. The Warriors only get four rings because of Draymond Green. That he is, makes that, that offense run lie. with that Stephen is, Curry. Okay. He makes that offense we'll run with Stephen on, Curry. We'll agree to disagree. And he's the greatest. Greatest perimeter defender probably over the past 20 years. I never said he wasn't a bad defender. I never, ever said that. Yeah, but he also makes the offense run. Those passes he had, how crisp they were. Steph Curry doesn't, is like, he's not Steph Curry without Draymond Green. Yeah, but he... And, vi- and vice versa. Again, I yes, hundred percent. I never said defensively that he was a bad player. I never said defensively that he was not a champion. I'm just saying that he's not like when he's gonna go into that garden. Just get ready, man. Like, oh, I can't wait for Draymond ready. to shut everybody up. Well, can the Celtics do something that would change your viewpoint? Let's just say the Celtics blow out the Warriors. It's a 25 point win. It's not even close. And now we go into a game seven. No one's hurt. All the guys are healthy, but. Can the Celtics do something, show you something here I think, in Game 6? Look, I'll give Jihei this and Celtics lovers that think they're <laughs> going to win in 7. The tenacity of this team is really paralleled by none. They've come back from 3-2 deficits against the Bucks. You know, they, they have come back from getting blown out by the Heat a couple times. The, the tenacity of this team is 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 elite. I mean, Marcus Smart is What's tough. What's that stat? They are seven and zero following loss, or, or did they finally lose? No, game? they lost two in a row. They lost, they lost two, two in a row okay, to the okay. Warriors. All right, all right. Uh, but you're right. I mean, statistically, a team like the Celtics, like that, well coached and that yeah. good defensively, it's going to be tough to lose three games in a row. I'm. Look, I'm, I, I want to say the Warriors close it out, but it really just depends on Clay. Clay needs game. He needs yeah. to be game six. Clay, you know, if he doesn't score twenty plus points, Celtics probably win the game. I, but I, I, I hope that we see vintage Clay. I really do. Also, if you don't get all those young guys, because this is what happened in the game prior, right? If you don't see like Poole step up, if you don't see like Wiggins step up, if you don't see those guys. Celtics all will help, take your I'm money. Like, yeah, and they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll gonna, screw you over. Bring you over. So, I. Uh, Again, I I think it's it's a matter of like experience as well, but I'm still sticking with it. Draymond, hate me, don't hate me, I don't really care. But um, you know, I, I think he's going to be weak in that in that garden. It's going to be really, really. It's going to be very difficult. How about that? I agree. I agree. I'm still garden. edging with. I'm still going Warriors barely though, okay. barely. Unless Scott Foster officiates <laughs> those Warriors barely. I well, do expect Clay to have a big game and Stephen Curry to like, finish this Jordan-like type series, except for last game, you know. 
Well, it wouldn't be the Arash Markazi show if we didn't talk about the Lakers. So Yes, here we here go. Here we go. Anthony Davis got a lot of grief for saying he had not picked up a basketball since the Lakers season ended on April 5th. That changed yesterday when he was back in the Lakers training facility taking a picture with a shooting coach <laughs> um, from Lethal Shooter. Did Twitter bully Anthony Davis back into the gym, and did he deserve to take a break this offseason? All right, good job, social media. Listen, I, I, I don't normally encourage the behavior of trolls out there, but the fact of the matter is when you've had a disappointing season and you've not really showed yourself these last two years and every time poor Anthony Davis walks around, everyone's like, please don't trip on something. Don't get hurt. I do want him to take some time off. One month is fine. For him to go almost three months, I mean, were we really going to go into July without him picking up a ball? So I'm glad to see him back in the facility. This is a crucial summer for the Lakers in terms of what they do. And I still think that if their two stars can be what they have been and what they were when they won a championship, they can still compete. This idea that they're not a playoff team with two of the top five when they're healthy, and I know it's a big if, but when they're healthy, they're still a contender. And, I, and But you do need to get back into the gym. You're, you're more optimistic than me. This there is this, There's close to a 0% chance that they win a championship with Westbrook on the roster. If Westbrook's taken off the roster, if he's just simply waved, they have like a 5% chance to 10% chance if Davis and LeBron is healthy. <laughs> well, I hate to say it. That's just the, the offseason too. Yeah, it's still possible Westbrook is moved. It's still, I mean, they're going to trade for a second round pick. Rob Polinka has been pretty open with that. They're going to give cash compensation, you know, cash consideration for a second round pick and because Ham wants to develop another young guy. They're probably going to keep Taylor Horton Tucker because Ham really likes him from, from the internal sources that I hear. I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker is like a seven foot wingspan. He should become an elite defender. It's all about his jumper. But this is... This is, look, I sent, sent this to, you know, my Laker hater uh, friends that everyone hates the Lakers. If you ain't with us, you're against. Sorry, we're the best <laughs> org in the world. That's what happens. Oh, you can stop. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, right now, but it hasn't beat. On. Oh, yeah. Well, when they get 17 rings, come and talk to oh us. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you have you have that one from 2020, but I love how you guys live in the past. I love in it. The past. It's just like Celtics fans, man. Celtics fans are living in the past too. They are. They haven't won. They've won what? One title in the last 40 years? Two? One. Yeah. One. That's how bad the Celtics have been in comparison to the Lakers. The Lakers have what? Six championships? Seven championships in the last 20, like you guys 40 years? like the New York Yankees. That's why people yeah. don't like them. No, the Boston are. Celtics no. are the Yankees. The Lakers, Yankees haven't no. won a World Series the since Lakers, 08. The Lakers have the same mindset as the New York Yankees where you guys think that you are the... And we are. I we hate are. to no, say it. The Yankees are the class of baseball as well. And I don't like the Yankees, but it's just the it's the truth. But let's, if they're the class of... Uh, then we need to have another class. Because they are classless. Oh, like, come on. The Yankees? Come on. Yes. Enjoy. Okay, okay. Jihei's making me hate the Clippers now. I can't wait till the Clippers okay. don't have bring health it, and choke okay. again in the playoffs. Bring it. That's fine. At least we make the playoffs. Uh, uh, congratulations yeah. with the zero rings. Making the playoffs is such, a, right. such an accomplishment. But I will say this. This is the best <laughs> news for Lakers fans, in, like, ever. Like, ever. This is the best. I mean, it sounds so simple, but him working with a legitimate shooting coach is, like, some of the best news we've seen in a while. I told you his free throw shooting percentage was down 10%. The year they won the championship, he was an 85% free throw shooter. Now he's 70%, 15% actually decrease. His three-point percentage is down from 33% to 18%. I mean, he definitely needs to work on his jumper. And yes, he should not have taken a break. This is a guy that if he wants to be the generational talent that we all think he is, and if he wants to be great, he needs to be in the gym constantly. He yeah. needs to get he needs to get like 
you know, the Andrew Wiggins in him. Like, Andrew yeah. Wiggins became a dog. You know, Andrew Wiggins was seen as lazy, not working hard. And now he's a dog. Like, that's what we need from Davis, you know? I mean, that's all mentality change, right? That's like, I think, that's why I think that there should be a. I don't want to say it shrink, but like there should be a, well, like there a should mental be somebody on, to help on with their mental, yeah. yeah, there should be always like every single organization, whether you're in college, whether you're in um, in the pros, like everybody should. They should have, just like, have Pat mental. Riley on every team. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, if you like, want to be him. this soft, like leave the team and never come back. Like, I feel like we just we we just baby athletes these days. I hate to say it, I've had it within my own experience as a college athlete. Like people try to try to baby me. People try to baby my teammates. Everyone tries to baby everyone now. I mean that's a problem. In oh, the yeah. '80s, that 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 crap yeah. would have never flown. You know, the Pistons. Like, wh- where's that type of NBA mentality? Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna agree with parts of what both of you said. I do think that he needed to take a short break. He hasn't been sure. healthy for nearly two years. Right. I think I know a little time off to kind of hit the reset button, give his body a just. Kind he of can still shoot lens. without getting hurt. Um, are you sure about that, well, Anthony, Anthony, Davis? Davis. Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis. Are you Davis. sure about that? No, he doesn't have to do post moves or anything. He can just shoot a basketball. <laughs> like, what is he gonna tear his tricep to... shooting a basketball? You never know with this guy. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. He missed eight months because he fell really hard on his on his back, and then he stepped backwards and rolled his ankle and was out for however That's long. That's true. I love when he has all the, all the re- reactions when he like twists his ankle. He's like, oh, he's like every seven months in Every single time injury. he hits the ground, even if he's just going up yeah. for a little layup, I hold my breath. But I do think you need to take a little bit bre- a little bit of a break. But I also think that it's important that he's back in the gym and is working with, as you said, a legit shooting coach that you know has you know plenty of guys in the league who have shown progress after working with him. His numbers dropped dramatically. I mean, when Anthony Davis, when the Lakers won their championship, he hit the three-pointer against the Nuggets in the yeah. playoffs. The question was before that, who do you want taking the shot? My answer was Anthony Davis because he was a yeah. elite. He was not an elite shooter, but he was a very good shooter for for his size from beyond the arc. I think he needs to get back there for the Lakers to have any short uh, any shot at contention. I don't know if I agree with him shooting more threes. I think he's one of the most dominant bigs we've ever seen when he gets into the post more. interior. He just needs to make the ones that he's taking. He needs to, I think the difference between his 23 points per game the last couple of years versus his 26 to 28 that he had with the Pelicans in his first year with the Lakers is his free throw shooting. That's number one. If he shoots 85%, he averages 26 a game this year. That's a huge difference. He's also played the last two years like he's six seven. He just doesn't like. Going <laughs> That's in the true. He, he, you know, he's he's doesn't, afraid of like. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's taking a lot of contested mid range jump shots. He's always been like that though, hasn't he? Like, yeah, but really when he was at his first year with the Lakers, his last couple of years with the Pelicans, when he was you know one of the top five players in the league, averaging you said 26, 27 points a game. I mean, he was in the post. The problem I have with Lake, like, like the problem I have with fellow Lakers fans is this this blind optimism that we're going to be fine in five years with Anthony Davis as our franchise player, a guy who's always hurt. No first round draft picks until 27 and 29. No free agent interest considering like the state of the organization right now, unless we win another championship. Like no one takes us seriously. Hopefully Ham changes the culture. But like, I'm not optimistic about the Lakers future. Heck no. I couldn't be more pessimistic All about right, but let, the let next me ask 10 you years. this. Okay, so like Especially with Westbrook on the walk roster. And this is a huge if I get it, but if they're a top 10 defensive team, if they buy into being They a have a shot. Team, so well that's the thing. I'm I'm so But I, you're betting on Westbrook turning no, 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 into a no. defensive player, you know, overnight. like overnight, overnight and so then you guys, dude, I mean, you you played. I mean, how much of it is like just trying, just caring? This is not a talent thing. I mean, I mean defense they is all have, about effort. I've it's culture. That. That's why the Heat are always good so at defense. If the culture Changes. By the way, you're, you're talking about a team that was a very good defensive team the previous two years. For whatever reason, whether it was Russell Westbrook being well, there or the Carmelo, players they all got rid of. Well, that's true, but you know, but like, I mean, like, 
they they can once again be a top ten defensive team. I think. Yeah, but I agree with Brandon on this one. You gotta buy in. You, you gotta have buy to in. buy in. And Westbrook is possibly the last guy in the NBA that yeah. will turn into a docile team player. Now, but here's the thing. I do think they hired a coach, and again, we'll see how this plays out. That if it's they a buy recipe in, for disaster. Westbrook needs to be off the team. I don't know why he's on the roster. You don't think he has been humbled to the point of knowing? Absolutely no, okay. absolutely not. No. In fact, he's one of those guys that will continue to not change, improve to others that he's still that guy. He will never buy in. Ever, ever. I agree. That I agree. I 100% Get him off the team. Wave him. Do whatever you can. Congratulations. Get your 40, 47 million. Here's a medal. Get off the team. Yeah, take it as an L. Take take his contract as an L and move on. What do you think, Jake? I'm more optimistic than Brandon is, but I'm probably not as optimistic as, you know, the greater base of Laker fans that he's talking about. I think that the Lakers did just hire Darvin Ham. There's a new coach. I do think there's a whole offseason in front of them. I, I think once we see what they do and we see how they look, you know, the first couple games of the year, then I'm more inclined to. Look, I'm not saying they're not going to be a playoff off. team. They're going to be a playoff team, even with Westbrook. Even with Westbrook. But you're not winning a ring with yeah. Westbrook. No, I'm, I'm not saying that, so but I definitely a, am so not going to write what's them off. A, so what's a successful. Well, listen, we get. All Laker fans know that a successful season is a championship, that that won't happen. But I think it would. If they're a six seed. They make just the get playoffs. LeBron in the playoffs. Yeah. Maybe he'll he'll bench Westbrook and they have a chance. Like, yeah, he no just West- can't be on the court in crunch time. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we have a very special treat. We have Nick Hamilton and Michael Duarte. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM in AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a... Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circa Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircaSports.com for details, and here they are. That's right, here they are. Two very special guests. It's our good friends, normally on Thursday and Friday, but they join us they join us together, Michael Duarte and Nick Hamilton. Michael and Nick, how are you guys? Hey, I'm doing great. Ross, how you doing, man? Good afternoon. Good. Good to see you. Uh, Duarte, how are you, my friend? I'm good, uh, Rosh. You know, 
Nick and I together is like double mint gum, double the pleasure, double the fun. <laughs> Listen, guys, I I, uh, I saw you guys yesterday. It was uh, the beginning of the Freeway Series Game 2 tonight. The Dodgers take Game 1, 2-0. Two to zero. And I said, what a perfect uh, chance to get Michael, uh, uh, Michael with Nick on again. Nick, you'll be joining us Thursday and Duarte Friday. Uh, first, you, uh, Nick, your thoughts on the game from... Uh, Wednesday night. Well, I thought it was a must-win game for the Dodgers, at least to get back on track. They were swept by the 81 in San Francisco. Everybody was freaking out, of course. Uh, but Dave Roberts maintained the same even kill, and that's what the, kind of, the type of manager you need uh, when it comes to going through these types of slumps that the teams go through throughout the course of a very rough 162-game season. Um, I thought the Dodgers played well as far as uh, you know, behind Tony Gossett, who's been absolutely outstanding, who's ironically been their ace, so to speak, uh, this season at, on the mound uh, for this Dodger team. The Angels continue to try to find their identity and find their way. Uh, they've been up and down, I believe. They have lost now five out of seven since the firing of Joe Madden. Um, so I wasn't surprised at how the Angels played. I mean, usually these games where the Angels usually dominate the Dodgers when they play them, uh, in the regular season, but I think the tide has, has turned uh, as it pertains to that, and the Dodgers definitely, I believe, are going to sweep this freeway series, at least round one of it. Uh, Duarte, your thoughts? Like, again, it looked like the Dodgers could have potentially blown it, uh, you know, but 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 they found a way to uh, close out the game. Your thoughts on their first win? Again, they are playing uh, tonight. Yeah, Rosh, I mean, Nick, Nick is right, and he's wrong. He's He's... he's He's like, the price is right, Bob Barker, but wronger than two left feet as far as Dave Roberts staying even keeled. Dave Roberts actually had a meeting with his team before the game uh, and individual players basically saying, look, with the amount, we have more stars on this team than the Walk of Fame. We have more stars than a Rosh Markazi birthday party, as Nick <laughs> Our expectations are high, right? And he needs to see more. He says, well, every day we need to go out there and win a baseball game. There needs to be more urgency. And he did not see that urgency, as Nick mentioned, when they got swept by the hated division rival Giants up in San Francisco. Uh, and honestly, I didn't see uh, more urgency on Tuesday night in their victory. Their first run of the game came on a bases-loaded walk by Justin Turner uh, off of Thor Noah Syndergaard that allowed that first run to score. They were 0-for-6 with runners in scoring position, left another six men on base. This is the problem in San Francisco. They could get guys on base, but they could not, could not knock them in. They could not get the big hit when they needed to. So that hasn't changed. And yes, Dave Roberts has been able to you know, not panic, but he is able to have to call a team meeting and say, look, we need to see more urgency from you guys. Uh, we need to, to win more games. This is just not acceptable right now. So from that part about it, they had to push it. Uh, I saw at least they got a victory. Uh, another shutout, their third shutout of the season against the Angels. So who's this is a game of whose offense is missing more, the Dodgers or the Angels. Uh, the Angels were the ones whose offense didn't show up uh, in game one of this series. We'll see what happens in game two. But as Nick did mention incorrectly, Tony Gonsolin is pitching like the ace of the staff. Uh, he threw another six, six and a third shutout innings in that game. It's good to see him go to the seventh. And now you have your second ace, your co-ace, Tyler Anderson, taking the mound on Wednesday. So that's the good thing for the Dodgers there. You guys touched on it briefly, but Tony Gonsolin threw another gem, dropping his league-leading ERA to 1.42, a second in whip, essentially tied with Justin Verlander's uh, .01 behind him, .82. How long can Gonsolin keep this up, and how important has his performance been given the injuries we've seen to guys like Bueller and Kershaw? 
Duarte, yeah, you, you want to go, go first and then Yeah, Nick. I'll go yep. first. Yeah, no problem. So we, as we just touched upon, uh, Gonsolin has been pitching like the ace of the staff. Here's a funny fact that I just saw yesterday. He earned his eighth uh, win of the season. He's a perfect 8-0 and on the season. He has the most wins in the National League. And guess who he's tied with for the major league leading wins? Justin Verlander, yeah. a guy who hasn't pitched in two years, who quietly seeming to be under underneath the radar right now, pitching very well for Houston. I thought that was interesting. So to answer your question, how long can Tony Gonsolin keep this up? You know, I've been asking him that exact question all year. He says he can keep going. His confidence is as high as it's ever been. He said he made a promise to himself in spring training that he is just going to throw strikes this season and let the chips fall where they may. If guys hit it out of the park, if they hit it where the players aren't, then so be it. That's what's going to happen. But if he keeps throwing strikes like this, he can continue that on. The one thing I will say, though, is that it seems like outside of that 2020 shortened season where the Dodgers won the, the World Series, it seems like every year they have a guy who's just amazing in the first half. Ross Stripling a couple years ago. Alex Wood in 2017. Uh, you know, Walker Buehler's example. They always have a guy who pitches amazing in the first half of the season, gets an all-star selection, and then falls off in the second half of the season. What I need to see from Tony Gonsolin is he needs to continue this uh, past the All-Star game, which will be at Dodger Stadium this year, uh, into August, into September, uh, and then we will see that he leg- legitimately has it to be consistent with. Yeah, Michael and Nick. Yeah. Are you go ahead, Nick. No worries. No, I was gonna. I was gonna kind of backpack off of those same sentiments. I mean, when you look at Tony Gonsolin's also, you know, a strong six in the third inning, as Michael mentioned. But also, too, when you look at the vibe and the energy, his approach is different. I mean, he's healthier coming into the season that we've seen in seasons prior. And also, too, when he talked about when Gosselin talked about last night, look, he said he felt good. He definitely wanted to go out there and stay as long as he can because he knows that he is the balance on this team as far as because of the Dodgers that had so many injuries with Walker Bueller, with Clayton Kershaw at, at times. And so between him and Tyler Anderson, it seemed to be the one-two punch that this, this team has had. It seems to really be the difference maker when they're on the mound. Now, the other part of it is just getting that proper run support. And as long as he continues to get run support, like Justin Turner last night, like Mookie Betts hitting his 17th home run of the season, who Mookie continues to be on a tear uh, this season, that's going to be the key. Not so much what they do on the mound and Tony Gonsolin and Tyler Anderson, but how much run support are they going to get? Because as Michael mentioned earlier, you had guys in, in, in scoring position that you could not capitalize on those opportunities. And when you're playing a good team or a better team uh, uh, in the National League or a period, just in, in Major League Baseball period, they're going to they're going to make you pay for those costly mistakes. So they're going to have to make sure that they give these guys proper run support, whether it's Julio Urias, whether it's Tony Gosselin, or whether it's Tyler Anderson. Um, and they've been struggling with to- when, when Julio's been on the mound as far as them getting proper run support. So I think that's more of a question mark as far as them getting the run support they need to be able to go after uh, or at least compliment these guys that have been on the mound uh, because the expectations, like you said, are higher than California gas tax. So you got to make sure that you get what you need to get on the mound as well as offensively uh, to be able to start winning these series and stay in first place in the National League West. Yeah, Michael and Nick, I wanted to ask about Game 6, which is coming up tomorrow night. Um, you know, the Celtics... What are they favored by four, Ross? Four. four? Yeah. yeah, and we don't know if Scott Foster is officiating the game yet. Their Celtics are 13 and 0 when Scott Foster is officiating the game. If I'm Adam Silver, I mean, obviously the NBA wants a game seven. They'll probably send Scott Foster for game six. I don't know if that's out yet. But do you do you think 
game six clay can can make an appearance a 20 to 30 point uh game and do you think stephen curry will have a bounce back like 40 point game well i think i think Steph curry will have a bounce back game i think he will not play the same game twice uh, especially as far as this series is concerned uh he knows what what the level of expectation is there he's been there before obviously uh you know three-time nba champion but also too he knows the hostile environment in Boston uh, and what that entails and how hard it is to win a championship on someone else's floor. I do expect Clay Thompson to have a better game, but also, too, look out for Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins can be the definite X factor. You know what Jordan Poole did in Game 5 as he launched it from Oakland all the way to San Francisco, the way he was playing uh, in that in that previous game. So I think that the X factor is definitely going to have to be Andrew Wiggins, but I think the, the, the usual suspects, Clay, uh, Steph, and then also Jordan Poole, but then also we're gonna have to get more than a triple single out of Draymond Green, uh, and his defense is definitely gonna have to be on point like a decimal. Um, unless you get those factors, I don't care who's referenced. Um, if those guys are not stepping up and playing the, the game that they they know how to play, we we, we will have a game seven. It will probably be a game six blowout. And Duarte, your thoughts? Do we get a game seven Sunday back in San Francisco? I think we might have lost Duarte. We might have lost so, Duarte. So let, yeah. Let's just, let's just uh, keep it moving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to talk about it. I understand. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, we got some news that the Brittany Griner detention has been extended through, you know, July 2nd, July 4th. Your thoughts on what's happening there? Again, like, at least they're talking about it. At least they're trying to negotiate. But this has gone on February 17th. She's been detained. It looks like it will extend through at least July. Your thoughts? Well, I'm glad that it's starting to get more and more traction as far as as being a subject that needs to be discussed, that needs to be, but not just talked about, it needs to be action behind words. And the words of the great beast, Mom, but be about that action, Paul. Yeah. And that's what they, the, 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 the Justice Department the United States government needs to continue to, to remain steadfast on making sure that you get Brittany Griner home. It's been over 110 days since he's been incarcerated uh, in a Russian jail. I know that um, there have been several people trying to reach out uh, as far as trying to make sure that they can remain in contact with Brittany Griner as far as getting health updates and what the conditions are while she's sitting in a Russian jail. Um, but I think more needs to be done. I think also, too, in addition to what the Justice Department is attempting to do to try to, you know, get her released. I think the WNBA needs to look into having more opportunities for funds to be provided for these young ladies so they don't have to go to these foreign countries and subject themselves to some of these harsh and crucial laws that are steadfast in these countries. And I think that's another issue that people aren't talking about is the fact that the WNBA needs to have a better access of funds. They just got $75-plus plus million dollars from Nike. They got some money from American Express. So where's all this money going? Because the damn show ain't going to the marketing department. So where's all this money going? And to be able to at least have these young ladies sustain themselves in the state to be able to take care of themselves and their families. That's the next order of business once they, once Brittany Griner gets free uh, from this Russian jail. Yeah. You know, Michael and Nick, we saw yesterday that Anthony Davis is finally back in the gym uh, getting his feet back under him. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, Anthony Davis just said he hadn't shot a 
basketball and since April, finally back in the gym, finally appearing to shoot, finally appearing to be shooting a basketball. And uh, he seemed to be a little bit thinner. I don't know if you saw him, Nick. He seemed to be a little bit thinner than he was at the start of last season where he bulked up a little bit and obviously had some trouble with his three-point shot. Now, if you listen to Darvin Ham, who, who in his introductory press conference said they'd be running the one-in, four-out uh, offense, it, that, that points to me that you're going to see Anthony Davis playing the five a lot this season. So uh, it's good to see him back on the court. It's good to see him getting some work in. Uh, I want to see now, is he going to be able to play center? Is he going to be able to play that five position? And is he going to be able to be durable enough throughout the season? But finally to get back in a gym, I think that's a good sign uh, to watch Anthony Davis do that. What about you, Nick? No, it's not a good sign. This man hasn't dribbled a ball in four months with the street clothes himself, and you expect me to believe that all of a sudden street clothes is going to go out here and just ball out of control and then play a position that he's really not fond of at the five, which is one of the things he complained about while he was a member of the New Orleans Pelicans, and Darvin Ham is telling him, oh, yeah, street clothes, by the way, since you haven't dribbled a ball in four months, we're going to go ahead and put you at a position that you really don't care for, and you're going to accept it. First of all, it's a bunch of crap. Secondly, I'm not going to sit up here and think, and all you Laker myopics out there that may be listening, all you Laker fans that may be listening that are out of touch with reality are going to sit up here and tell me and try to get on me to say that street clothes are going to perform 60-plus games this season. you out of your freaking mind. You have lost your mind. You need to go get drug tested. There's no way that's going to happen. Okay? You're lucky to get 50 to 55 games out of street clothes this year. And, and, and like I said before, if Anthony Davis is a talented player, when he is healthy, and they quit the question, the, the key word is when. When he is healthy, he is one of the most top notch players in the NBA. When you think of big men, you think of Bam Adebayo, when you think of Giannis, when you think of uh, uh, Rudy Gobert and guys like some of the most talented guys on the floor that can definitely hurt you when he is healthy. But the question is when? And the best ability is availability. And I don't think this guy is going to be available for the long haul. And he's going to struggle because he's at a position he's not truly comfortable with and really doesn't want to be a, be a part of. But he will because he, he's not going to fight, you know, he's not going to go against Darvin Ham. But, I, I mean, it concerns me that you haven't dribbled a ball since April 5th. Mean you, your normal routine is you take four weeks off, then you get back into it. Uh, I'm not a mathematician, but April 5th until here we are in the, almost the middle of June, that's more than four weeks, finally. Nick, no, I'm not buying it. Nick, you're colder than Santa Claus putting coal in my stocking at Christmas. Hey, man. Mr. I, Mr. I, Glass. I, Mr. Glass, as Nick knows, I like to call Anthony Davis, Mr. Glass. No, it's, that's Glass. That's, that's Glass Almighty. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's the, where the NBA Finals are still going on. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis has plenty of time before training camp comes to, to get in game shape, to start putting up shots. I'm not worried about that. But what Nick has talked about, I'm worried about his availability, how he will stay on the court. Because when he is on the court and when he's bubble AD, he's a top five player. So how do you not become uncoordinated and, and injury prone and Mr. Glass? I don't know. I don't even know how you fix that. But wrap him in. Wrap them in bubble wrap from now until spring training game. AD is softer than baby poop. <laughs> hey, Nick and Michael, I, I have a question here, um, a response, actually. Does this all deflect from the main issue with the Lakers, and that's bringing back Russell Westbrook? Because their ceiling is really – I mean, they're not going to contend with Russell Westbrook. I think we'd all be daft to think that, that that's possible, considering his fit. As good as a coach as Har Darvin Ham will be, they really should – Think about waving him. No, they'd be a much better team without him. Well, 
they would be a much better team without him, but his his, his, the, his amount still counts against the salary cap. So you're not yes. going to waste forty something million dollars just to waive a guy that doesn't fit. You screwed up, and I'm talking about the Laker organization. They screwed up and got Westbrook here, which they shouldn't have gotten him here in the first place. We all understand that. We all know that. now they're stuck with him. So no, they're not going to contend in the Western Conference. You're not going to contend against the Golden State Warriors, who obviously their young core is continuing to grow as we speak, and they're going to continue to grow and, and get younger. So there's going to be a nice mixture of veterans and young guys on that squad. I do think it, it depends where Rudy Gobert goes. If Rudy Gobert happens to go, whether it's Atlanta, whether it's the Dallas Mavericks somehow, some way, if he teams up with Luka Doncic, that's going to be a problem. The Los Angeles Clippers, when if they have a healthy Kawhi and Paul George, and Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell, that's going to be a problem. And God help them if they don't get a chance to score DeAndre Ayton and they somehow have a sign and trade, that's going to be a problem. So there are multiple problems in the West of the conference that the Lakers are not going to be able to contend with. And Russell Westbrook is five years past his prime. The historic stat pattern is not the guy that we saw five years ago. Mr. OKC, Heat to the city. Maybe that's where he needs to go back and play in OKC. Because it seems like he was better in OKC with nobody there than having a, a star-footed lineup like LeBron James and AD. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And the Lakers are done. They're done winning championships for the next five to six years. You can book it. See me if you if you think I'm wrong. <laughs> Duarte, do you agree? Can this team contend with Russell Westbrook? Two minutes I left. Agree, I agree with Nick that you cannot waive Russell Westbrook and his atrocious $47 million contract. That's like an albatross hanging over the Lakers' neck. But when Nick says the Lakers organization, what he really means is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Clutch Sports. Those are the three that met with Russell Westbrook. Those are the three that pushed the front office to bring him in. Now they are the ones that are stuck with the mess. But that brings me to an important question. You could stick Russell Westbrook on the bench and never play him a single minute in this upcoming season. And if LeBron James and Anthony Davis are healthy, you're going to make the postseason and you can quote-unquote contend. Now, Arash, I know you're a Vegas guy. I know you're a gambling guy. The over-under on where the Lakers will finish in the Western Conference right now is six, and I think that is perfect. I think that's right around where they finish in the West. Six. So what does that mean? It means your ceiling with Russell Westbrook is not as high as a championship, uh, but it means you can still be a playoff team. So maybe something happens between now and the trade deadline. I doubt it, but yeah, you can't waive him and you can't stretch him and have his money on the books for the next three years. It looks like the Lakers are willing to admit their mistake, bite the bullet, swallow this horrible deal for this season, see what they can do, see if they can make any moves at the deadline if something happens or, or via the buyout market. Uh, and then roll the dice and try to hit the reset button next year. Yeah, I mean, because here's the thing. You have a new coach, and what happens with a new coach is, whether it's real or not, is this hope or the belief that the, the, the new coach can help him out. If he can't, trade deadline trade. Because at that point, you're only talking about, what, like a couple of months left in the season. He's in a contract year. I, I, I think at that point, you can maybe trade him without giving up multiple first-round picks. That's what they don't want to do. That, so so they're, they're, they're going to give this half a season. If it still doesn't work out, they will uh, trade him. Nick, we will talk to you tomorrow. Duarte, we will talk to you Friday. This was fun. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is this is Arash Barkazi saying stay safe and stay healthy.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.